In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Christ is in our midst. He was, and is, and ever shall be. <clears throat> this past week, we've seen in the news some very troubling things. Uh, with the news, we've had this bomb scare. We had the, this shooting at this unfortunate synagogue in Pittsburgh. And these horrible things of, of pain and misery and suffering... And we, so we need to remember, especially during these times and at all times in our life, that Jesus is a man befriending and He is a present God who, as we learned through this gospel this morning and all the gospels that we, have re- that we hear, that He enters into the very worst. He enters into the world that is in its very worst condition. We need to remember that and hold on to that at all times, and to believe it, and to remember it over and over again. We learned last week in the Gospel that we heard that Jesus came upon this demoniac, this very miserable person who was was possessed by so many demons that they were countless. They were legion. They could not be counted. And they completely dominated this man And he was out of control. And he was so out of control that he could not be kept by men. And he could not even control himself so much as to be clothed. And into this, Jesus entered this impossible situation. And he transformed the situation. Remember, he overpowered the demons, sending them into swine, and restored this man to the right mind. Now this man, when we restored, did something very normal and natural that we can imagine ourselves doing. He said to Jesus, Jesus, I want to follow you and be with you and be with your side at your side all the time. That is normal. Now Jesus said, understands what he said. He said, Look, stay with your people, be present with them, and tell them what I did for you. That is, preach the good news, your personal good news, so that other people may know and believe. That is normal. The abnormal thing that we saw last week were the townsfolk. When they saw this normal thing happening, this beautiful healing, they told Jesus to go away. They didn't want Jesus among their midst because He spoiled their livelihood. And so we come today to this other situation. Jesus leaves this scene we just talked about, comes into this town, and he is surrounded by a pressing crowd, a throng of people. Again, very natural because of people who heard what Jesus had done and done over and over again. And Jesus saw this rampant, pressing misery, this need who people who are acting as needy people do, pressing in and wanting from Jesus to have this healing. Now, thinking about this crowd and their mindset, I want you to do, let's do a little thought experiment. I see one restaurant owner here and another restaurant owner here and another restaurant owner here. Um, and imagine Sunday mornings that these restaurants, they say, we're going to offer free breakfast to anyone who comes in, what's going to happen at these restaurants? Say, what's going to happen? 
It's going to be completely full. There's going to be a throng. There's going to be a crowd. There's going to be a line out the door. People are going to want this free meal. This is what this crowd is like. They see Jesus and they see free healing. They want to be healed. Now think about our church here. Normal is like this throng. This church would be completely filled. Because we are offering, the church is offering, Jesus himself is offering a free meal. There's no charge today. Whatever you give, you give of your free will. But Jesus gives this meal himself for you to be healed, to be forgiven of your sins, to be made right, to be of your right mind. If only you come and believe and receive this communion and all the sacraments... You will be made whole again, maybe not one time like a magic fairy wand, but over your life, you will be made whole again. This is Jesus' very promise. So let's hold to the normal, that a normal church is full. An abnormal church, there has, there has spaces. This is why, because there are people out there who are hungering, but they do not know that they're hungering. That they are hungering for God and for spiritual things, but they do not know where to find that meal. There are churches out there that are busting at the seams. There are churches, my home parish down in Los Angeles, had to tear down their church to make a bigger church to fit all the new people. George and Itisab know know that because they go there when they go go down to California. People are hungry. Now, we are hungry people here. That is why you have come. And that is so beautiful. You have made the right decision. And keep at it. Do not stop coming to be present with God. As that did not, the healed demoniac. And as this woman and this man in this gospel today. Now, when Jesus goes to this crowd, two tragedies present themselves. We have this desperate father. And we ha- have this woman. We have Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, who begs Jesus to come and heal his 12-year-old daughter. And as he's moving through the crowd, one particular woman who is suffering from a very horrible affliction of constant bleeding devises a plan to go. And she says, I only have to touch the fringe of Jesus' garments and I will be healed. And this is what happened. Now this reminds me of two things. One from my youth, and one from the Bible. When I was five years old, I was, cro- I was walking around the house and I had a key. And I said, gee, what would happen if I stuck that key in the electric plug? And I got the spank of my life. Not from my mom. My mom never spanked me as far as I can remember. But I remember this shock and falling over. I, I, I kind of imagine the lights even dimming, but I don't know, but I remember my mom screaming. The power that was in that plug in the house. Something I will never forget. Now another thing about the divine power. If you remember from the Old Testament, that the Israelites are carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And someone's tripped, and someone the, the Ark started to falter, and one man doing try, goes and touches the ark in order to steady it. And because that ark is the divine presence, 
it was so powerful that that man got a shock and even died. Something you always think about. The man was just, was just trying to do the right thing. And, the, and he did the right thing. But God's power is so powerful that it coursed through this man's body and he reposed. This is the kind of shock that this woman this morning got when she touched the fringe of Jesus' garment. And Jesus' power is so overflowing that even without his ascent, this healing power left him into this woman. And by because God's grace and because of showing why Jesus came into this world, this power healed this woman instantly and she was made physically whole. Now, the disciples, Jesus says, who touched me? And the disciples are saying, what are you talking about, Jesus? There's a crowd of people around me. And Jesus perceived that his power left him and entered into this woman. And the woman says, she got afraid because she knew the Bible. She knew the story I just told you about the ark. And she came forward humbly and said what happened. And Jesus says, your faith has made you well. When we are in God's presence with faith, His power will make us well. And so, after this happens, Jesus then proceeds to Jairus' house. And when he gets there, Jairus' friend says, Don't even bother Jesus. She's died. And Jesus says, Knowingly, she is not dead, but she is sleeping. And the, these friends of Jairus begin to laugh. And they ridicule Jesus. All the more showing that those people around this girl knew that she was dead. So there's two things to consider. First, the mindset of scoffers who, when they hear of Jesus as well, they get cynical and they don't believe and they make fun. All the things we can imagine that people do about Christians even today. These people did then. And the second thing is to look at God's perspective. Because God is so full of power, He is the Lord of the living and the dead. From His perspective, this girl's death is sleep. How often do we say in our Orthodox faith that when a person is reposed, we say that person has fallen asleep. That is not some comforting metaphor that makes us feel good. That is a description of how God sees our life and our death. And it's a statement about the resurrection. So we need to remember why the church says that a person who has died is asleep. Then Jesus recalls this girl's soul from wherever it was, brings her to life, presents her to her parents. And then he says, by the way, give this girl something to eat. And she ate, showing that she is really alive in body. She's not some ghost. She is not a zombie. She is really alive and fully restored to her parents in their midst. This person had a hunger and she ate. Again, Jesus did the same thing after his resurrection. The disciples see Jesus on the shore and he's cooking some fish and he invites them over to eat. Again, showing that Jesus is really alive in body 
and in soul. And this is why we have the Makariya meal. Again, this tradition we have is a statement, it is a proclamation of the gospel of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in conclusion, we need to have a Christian understanding to tragedy and to suffering. Jesus can transform the worst and save us. He can redeem tragedies. If we are with Christ and in Christ, in His presence, with belief, with faith, with Him, we will preserve through any affliction or any disaster. Now, we Orthodox Christians, we understand science. We understand the natural phenomena. We know why hurricanes are caused. We know why buildings burn down. We know why cancer happens. We know why evil happens. We understand these things. We do not deny the natural causes of tragedies. But we are called to do more. We are called not just to understand the causes and try to do something to alleviate those causes, but we are supposed to take these tragedies and use them for our spiritual benefit, for them to humble our souls, to open our eyes, to come to our senses, and run to the church, and run to be at Christ's side with faith, so that He will redeem these situations and redeem our souls and our lives. This is why we are here today. This is why our church is so good. And this is why you have done the right things this Sunday morning to come to us, come to the Lord, and come by His side and receive His body and receive His blood into your very bodies so that your hearts and your minds and your souls and bodies may be comforted, made right again, and that we may all be saved.